Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for the Boston Celtics. I'm your host, uh, Justin Poole, and joining me, as always, the great John Duke, who has yet another player from Duke. Wait. Does he or does he not oh, don't do that. Oh, no. have yet another great player <laughs> don't, don't, don't. from Duke on this roster? You thought you were adding two. We think you might still be adding two. We know you've got one. Um, I got one. This I mean, zero. If you believe the latest reports, I, got, I mean, I'm zero, man. I mean, it's zero, it's one, it's two. Who knows? The latest report uh. about them wanting to add Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum – Dude, fingers flying. Get out of here. This is Cleveland has turned this into the biggest mess. And all I can say is, I get it. I understand. I'm only hoping that a lot of it is posturing. The thing is, is when it gets out there that they're going to ask for Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, it puts them in a no-win situation with their fan base because there is absolutely no way they're even going to get a solid compromise on that. I honestly yeah. believe the Celtics would rather go into this season taking a risk on Isaiah Thomas's hip than to continue to give up or mortgage more of the future or make the Cleveland Cavaliers that much stronger after LeBron's departure. And let's let's face it, are they really going to get a better deal than the one that they've offered? It's the pick they're after, isn't it, John? Absolutely. It's all about the pick. It's all about the Nets pick. That's what it, that's what the beginning, the end, the middle, the everything. It's the Nets pick. We all knew that, uh, even going into it, even with Isaiah, thinking we had a fully healthy Isaiah, not even thinking, well, you know, he might be slowed. He hasn't run yet. All the stuff we've heard since, you know, I think the initial trade rumors broke. And now to be in the situation where we are, where the Celtics have, you know, basically said, look, you know, we made the deal. We told you going into this, this is exactly, you know, this is a guy who's slowed. He's got the hip problem. We're not, you know, he, he's not going to be ready to go from the start. I believe the Celtics were completely upfront and honest and, and really took everything to the, to the Cavs and said, look, this is everything on the table. This is why we're giving you such a good deal. It's not because, you know, we think Kyrie is, you know, supernova. We think he's great. But let's be honest. We know that, I, that IT has got a bad hip. It's going to be a problem. That's why we're willing to throw the Nets pick in. 
Otherwise, everyone's scratching their head. You go back and listen to all the podcasts that came out immediately after that. People are like, why did they give up so much and all this? Now, with some of the leaks that have come out, mostly from Celtics folks since that point, everyone's saying, of course they gave that up because this, that's with a slowed IT, that's why they had to give that much up. And now to come back and say you want Jalen Brown and I want Jason Tatum and I want 1986 Larry Bird and I want to have you know Bill Russell from 65, I mean – where does it stop? I mean, and uh, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. And and they've got it all. As you said, the Cavs have set themselves up. How can they come back with anything less than that now? They've really set themselves up for failure. And I, and I think that in the end, it's with that, it makes you feel like it's even more likely that maybe this whole thing doesn't happen. Even if it doesn't happen, how do they bow out of it, John? Is this their way to go back right. to Kyrie and say, listen, we tried to do a really good – it doesn't matter – he already no. said he's not coming back. He doesn't want to play for the Cavs. They're yeah. in just as precarious of a position. And it is odd to be trade partners with the other team that you're battling with for the top of the Eastern Conference. And right. we all know LeBron has not been shy about leaking it out that he would like to go to L.A. We sort of first heard that when Paul George demanded a trade in similar unceremonious fashion as Kyrie Irving. Listen, I really wasn't all that big of a fan of getting Mr. Flat Earth. I'll be honest with you about that. And my initial reactions, <laughs> oh yeah, he'll never live it down. I just, I'm sorry. I'm gonna, I'm gonna back him if this thing gets consummated. But the truth yeah. is, is that drives me nuts. And I know you think he's just playing games and that's fine. It is. Yeah. But, yeah. but, yeah. but, every fan who had a bad reaction to the Celtics trading Isaiah Thomas, Good for you guys. Not the not the shirt burning, jersey burning freaks. I'm talking about genuine fans like myself who said, "Wait a second, this guy's the heart and soul." But if you know he's not going to be healthy coming into the season, you know that it's very difficult to sign him next off season based on perceived value differences that may be there despite the mm -hmm. heroic season that he had. And when I mean heroic, yeah. we could go not just captain fourth quarter, but suiting up right after his sister's death, after dental surgery. I mean, listen, Crazy. you couldn't have asked any more to light his jersey of fire is so disrespectful. I oh can't God. even stand it. But okay. let's set that aside. Yeah. I see why the Celtics did this. They just signed Gordon Hayward, who's 27. They want to maximize every year that he's around on that deal, deal as well as Isaiah Thomas. I mean, as well as Al Horford. And if Isaiah Thomas is not going to be healthy, then you're squandering potentially a year of that. This allows them to get younger. It allows them to save a little bit of money next year. Uh, if you figure that they were going to bring out the Brinks truck for Isaiah, at least they get one year that's somewhat affordable on Kyrie Irving and essentially a player who does similar things. And the draft pick is the part that I said, wait, what are we doing? But then when right. you really consider that the hip has been a concern of mine since really June, we've been talking about this, John. And we talked a lot about it last week, about our last show. You know, we were really trying to figure out, are we going to be able to, you know, what, what does this mean? And, and what does the hip really, how does that entail, uh, the future of the Celtics going forward? And we talked a little about that last time. I think now where we are, Cleveland had to know going into it that they had, they had damaged goods, right? And that's why the pick is even on the table. Now we can argue whether or not should have had an opportunity to, um, you know, do the surgery earlier in the summer. 
does that make this more uh, palatable for the Cavs? Does it make it a non-starter? I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure if the, if the, if IT had allowed them to do the surgery, um, we had Trags, uh, kind of from CLNS media, uh, was actually the first, I think, to say that, that IT was, uh, the one who really stood in the way of doing surgery this summer wanted to do the rest and rehab bit to try to be, uh, able to kind of get back on the floor a little bit quicker. Obviously that didn't work or hasn't worked. And the Cavs may be holding back about that. It's kind of unfortunate that IT's own decision to pull back may be the reason why the Celtics are in this situation in part. But now here we are, you know, fast forward to all this. I mean, the situation, the opportunity to have Kyrie Irving is just as you said, the, the, his fit as a 25-year-old, you know, potential perennial all-NBA guy, he's a USA basketball guy too, which is something we should really mention because that allows him to be a magnet. And we heard a little bit about this when uh, when Kevin Durant was on with Bill Simmons, and he really talked about how all the, all the young guys – love Kyrie and it's it's not just you know the kids my kids got his shoes a lot of kids his friends have his shoes but they love his style of play they love how he'll he's a young leader he's a young point guard that doesn't happen with everybody and we've we saw this with Rondo Rondo was the opposite Rondo pushed people away Kyrie's a guy who who accepts people and who is accepting people, maybe some of those free agents would have been more looking at the Celtics a little bit sooner. Now the Celtics have a situation where they're a team that maybe people would be attracted to if they can get this Kyrie deal done. And yeah, they don't have cap space and all that, but my argument is, look at the KG deal. Celtics didn't have cap space in that situation, but Kevin Durant, uh, Kevin Carnett, <laughs> Freudian slip, <laughs> Kevin, don't even, Kevin Garnett you know wanted him to come go. Here. <laughs> Kevin Kevin Garnett wanted to come here, and he could choose to go anywhere. He could go to Phoenix and L.A. and all these other places that were interested in him. He wanted to come here, and that's the magnet that you need to have with a guy like Kyrie Irving. And if 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 you know the Celtics are going to be the team that has assets, can continue to have assets, that's a guy you want. And, you know, there's a certain guy that's playing down in New Orleans right now who has maybe a free agent at some point. If you if you have that magnet there in a guy like Kyrie Irving, that deal is a whole lot easier to get through. Yeah, and there seems to be potentially some connection with Gordon Hayward. And before we get into that, first, just a reminder to everybody to follow Celtic Stuff Live on Twitter at CSL underscore Tweet Live. You can follow me at CSL underscore Justin. John is at CSL underscore Duke and the entire CLNS Media Network at CLNS Media. We also have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash CLNS fans and the mobile app. Download it for uh, Android or iOS CLNS Media app. Just simply search CLNS Media in your app marketplace and the YouTube channel where you can now find video of John and I on the YouTube channel here. Celtic Stuff Live is Going video, youtube.com slash CLNS media, high definition, full length locker room interviews, and the garden report, which will be starting up again very, very soon. The Celtics roundtable killing it. And now, obviously, John, you and I have added video. This is our second show that is now going to be live on or taped, <laughs> live to tape on live YouTube. Tape. Yeah. So everybody gets to there see what go. we look like. Uh, unfortunate for Celtics, them. Celtics, Celtics stuff live to tape. <laughs> Celtic stuff live. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so listen, I don't know if this is a chicken or the egg thing, John, and I want to get I want to see what you think because 
it seems like Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving might have had some mutual respect or have wanted to play together. And that could have been Kyrie just putting floaters out there, talking about Brad Stevens and Gordon Hayward, and maybe just suggesting, uh, simply suggesting that way that that might be a team he would want to go play for. And then obviously the deal gets talked about without tampering and all of that good stuff. I don't, I'm not sure, but it almost seems like maybe Kyrie and and Hayward have a little bit of a connection. Maybe they've done off-season workouts. I've really expected that to begin coming out when we get closer to training camp. But once again, only if the deal gets done. Only if the deal gets done. Yeah, I, and that's you know, that's the problem with doing a show like ours right now. We're sitting here and we're saying, well, you know, maybe it's this, maybe that. And, and I'm honestly, I'm even nervous that I'm going to jinx this whole thing talking about it right now. I mean, poor, poor Larry. Uh, you know, Celtics beat today. This is the, the, the one that you all are hearing live to live to tape. Uh, uh, was he did a second one with Chris Forsberg because so much had happened between the time he recorded the first time and the second time. So all of us who are in this live-to-tape medium of podcasting, we're all like biting our fingernails, hoping that <laughs> nothing happens in between the time we do this and you listen to it. But the truth is – It's a good is, thing we waited to do the show because we were uh, going to do initially oh like a reaction right after the deal was, was supposedly right. done. And I, there's been so many <laughs> layers since then. And uh, you know, just a little inside look into how we tape. But it's Sunday night. It's going to come out Monday morning. And we're lucky we just barely caught on the Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum news that has come out. Gosh, it's nuts, you know. And I and let's, you know, I think, you know, uh, Kevin O'Connor was posting something I think to this effect was like, look, this isn't what's going, what it's going to be. I mean, they're gonna that's their negotiating ploy. They're gonna go far, and then likely they're gonna get they'll get something less. It'll be picks. It'll be this or that. Um, but you know, even to even bring up the name, I mean, I, I got to be honest with you. I mean. <laughs> this is a first, this is a first year GM, first year, first, like his two months on the job, if that, at this point. And this is his foray into the job is I'm going to come out and I'm going to deal my second best player. I'm going to do the deal. I'm going to agree to a, to a package of players. I'm going to do, <laughs> you know, knowing that there's an issue, then I'm going to turn around and I'm going to say, well, I'm not so sure and tell the, the biggest voice in all of sports media about this and then constantly feed him, feed, 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 uh, for Woj, uh, all this stuff about how this is what we want. And, you know, really just, he sounds like he's, you know, basically the self, the Cavs PR guy at this point. And I thought Larry made the great point about <laughs> he that. And he's absolutely right. It's, you know, he's not getting the Celtics point of view on this. The Celtics point of view is going to other places. Uh, and I think what's also interesting is you look at most of the media members, the national media members, most of them say, look, this is kind of what it is. And even Bobby Marks was saying who, who uh, obviously was part of the vertical with Woj and, uh, you know, said, look, I mean, they could do something where, you know, if, if more than 50 games, it's a first rounder, if it's less or, or whatever, there's, there's a sliding scale basically. Really? On, Ta- on they could do that attached to the number of games that they win after the trade. That that's would be what, the that's first, what Bobby right? said. That's, in, I can uh, see it, but no. they get so neat with how they do that. And we, you know, the, the pick swapping, is one that's, yeah. oh, okay, you know, that's kind of creative. But to literally attach it to wins, I mean, talk about teams tanking for picks and you think about Philly and trust the process, but then extrapolate that to a deal. 
in a trade oh and the way that the picks get executed and sent from one team to another being tied to performance, it's almost like there's a cushion. So Cleveland could say, if that is a real possibility, and I'm not, this is a Larry Kuhn, Ryan Bernardoni, Eric Pincus kind of a question, yes. but it, let's say that yes. that was feasible, right? Even if it, yep. or let's say it is feasible, if it is, just think about like how crazy it would be if all of a sudden about two thirds of the way through the season, Isaiah Thomas re-injures his hip. All of a sudden they know they're going to lose LeBron, right? LeBron doesn't play and they just go spiraling downward. And at the same time, that helps the Celtics yeah. become the team to come out of the East. Like there's so many levels to that conversation. And lose levels. We're really talking levels here. No, you're right. And it's, there's, it's, 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 that's, that's how far down through the looking glass we are at this point. You know, we are just so far away from where we were even Tuesday night where a deal between this folk hero in Boston Celtics and, and Boston sports lore gets traded for Kyrie Irving, who is the second best player on our probably most hated rival at this point. I mean, two hours, that all happened. I'm sitting at work and I'm like, boom, and I'm checking my phone and everything's happening and boom, 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 boom. It's all happening so fast. And it's there, it's done. And now <laughs> it's all been drawn out. Like, it's like, we thought like this was all over and done with and the whole thing. And, um, and now we're sitting here just, you know, what? Five days later, uh, if no, maybe not quite that much, but yeah, about five days later, and we're not any further closer to this thing being done. It's, it's nuts. Um, this is this is a new one. I thought the the Gordon Hayward thing was was a special level of bizarre, but now we have we have topped it and then some. I mean, the Gordon Hayward this, thing is actually wow. not that bizarre. The way that that went down was pretty. It's just modern media. It's the access to guys yeah. like Woj and. You know, it's not just the stars to, and their agents that get information out. It's the family members that leaks yeah. out. It's their close friends. Like it's with TMZ and everything else, it's almost impossible to keep a wrap on anything without literally not telling a soul. You've got to have a pretty close inner circle to pull that off. I, I didn't mm -hmm. think the Hayward thing was as big of a deal as people were making it out to be. It was from the fan side. Our experience was, wait, what? He hasn't made oh, a decision. Gosh. And then it was like, oh, yeah. no. But this is actually like <laughs> legitimately screwed up. That was like, it might be screwed up, but really, I think, and I even said then, I think the guy just wants to command the control over how it gets announced out of respect to Utah, out of respect to his teammates the best that he could. Right. Now, I guess it didn't really get him very far because everybody else saw through it too. But in this scenario, I keep trying to read into Cleveland's motives and I keep thinking it's to negotiate more and negotiate more. But I honestly feel like no other team can offer them a package. I mean, even if you just count Crowder and Filler and a pick that is the Nets pick in one of the most valuable drafts. Like this year's draft was solid, but it mm -hmm. wasn't so good at the top, it was solid at the top, meaning it was a very deep draft with a lot of talent, but it wasn't so good that the Celtics held on to the first pick. Instead, they get the guy that they want, they move down, they secure another pick for next year, which is actually what makes the Nets pick movable in a deal like this, regrettably, but it makes it movable. The Nets may not actually yeah. be bad this year. That's the, I mean, they'll be right. bad, but they may not be as bad, but it doesn't matter because this year's draft is like no. last year's draft except the depth is loaded with 
potential franchise star level talent one through four or one through three instead of one through three being, hey, you're going to get a lot of solid players, maybe even one through five, but none of them are a foregone conclusion. With the addition of Marvin Bagley, this has become a draft where I would think that the Cleveland Cavaliers have to realize how how valuable that Nets pick really is. Yeah, I, th- I think that's true. I think Bagley is a guy who, when Bagley entered, and we talked a lot about it here, when Bagley entered, the interest and the, I guess the premium placed on that 2018 Nets pick just went above, above the, you know, above the, the line there. And so when we were, when we were in a situation, I guess, where you can move that pick, um, and they want a shot to get a guy like Bagley or Donkic or, uh, Michael Porter Jr., it's hard to ignore that. And, you know, Maybe the Celtics are looking as, look, we know what we have with Tatum. We know what we have with Brown. To be another year away from trying to build that core, it's just, it's a little bit further away than what we want to be from, from the group that we have right now. I think that's a fair, fair assessment. We also don't know what the Nets are going to do this year. Uh, I think a lot of Celtics fans, I think they're probably a seventh, not eighth, ninth pick, not a one, two, three, four pick like we've seen in the past. There's a lot of bad teams in the East. Uh, the Lakers are going to be bad. I think the Lakers are going to be in that top five, honestly. Um, what do you think? So. This is what I'm thinking. Tell me what, tell me where your take is on this. I think that what Cleveland really wants to do is they want to say we get the better of those two picks if they're transferred next year. So if Lakers don't get number one, or even if they do, then they get it and go ahead, Celtics, you get Sacktown the year after that. But if both picks are conveyed this season, we want the better of those two picks. And I think that's actually what they're, that would be for Cleveland, their, their best case scenario. Cause then they have the same thing the Celtics had up until doing this trade where they yeah. had two picks, two shots at the highest possible scenario as long. Because ultimately with both of those picks, if one of them is number one, then the other one is gravy, right? As long as, as the Nets is goes yeah. one, it, then they're in good shape. Well, I, I think it's, it makes sense for, for them to want that from, from Cleveland's bargaining point. Um, I just don't know that the Celtics have any reason to do it. <laughs> you know, that's the, no, I think that, they that's sit the, pat. you know, and I, I think the, right. I think they stand pat and then you compare it to what else is out there. And we, we know that the, the Milwaukee rumor got leaked, which was Middleton, Brogdon and the Milwaukee number one. Well, where's the Milwaukee number one going to come in? They're going to be at least 20, I would think. They're going to be the top half of the Eastern Conference or middle of the pack in the Eastern Conference, worst case. So let's say, does any of those really, you know, if you take Middleton, he's a young-ish player. Uh, I believe he's the same age as Bradley, but making $17 million a year. So More valuable clearly Crowder, than Crowder. More valuable than Crowder. I, but, I would but agree maybe with that, not actually. because of salary. I will say I, right, because of the I mean. value that's of Crowder's happy. contract. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So so then you take Brogdon. Well, Zizic we aren't sure about. We aren't sure about where Zizic fits. Is he going to be a, a rookie of the year candidate? Probably not. But he probably could be as good as the 18 pick. So the, then the question is Brogdon or the Nets pick? Which would you rather have? If you would say that you'd rather take Brogdon, no I'd way. say – Good luck to you, Cavs. See you later, Chief. I mean, there's just, there's no way. It doesn't make any sense. So unless there's another deal out there, 
you know, Miami was a team that was supposedly interested. I don't see what they have to offer. Um, unless it's Justice Winslow, maybe Justice but Winslow. Isn't that really the game here? The game is not that the, they knew, the they knew immediately by considering this trade and the fact that medicals had been transferred that they would essentially be able to set a price for Kyrie and then put it back out there because they had to think if they've already reviewed the medical documents, look guys, there are a lot of avenues for us to veto this. This is an awesome way for us to set the market with the Celtics. See if we can do better. If we can do better, we veto the trade and take that deal. I think they're just buying time at this point. I think the Celtics would be smart to stand pat. And if the if Cleveland has dug themselves such a deep hole, the Celtics, the Celtics could throw them a couple of second-round picks to sweeten the deal. And quite right. frankly, with as many young people they have and all the people they're developing and how easy it is for them to pick up somebody like Theus and just stash him down there or bring him up to the roster, there's really no reason for them to be too worried about all those second-round picks. They could easily convey those and make that the closer for the deal. I agree. They sit still. They do sit still. And I think... You know, whether they wait, the Celtics may wait long enough to, to really drag it out and say, you know, we're going to think about it. We're hemming and hawing over this. Um, I don't think that they're going to give them anything of any size. Like you said, two second rounders, the, uh, the deal, um, and, and Sean Grandy, good friend of the show, uh, brought up, brought this up. You know, the, when the Celtics did the deal with the, to, uh, to send out Perk and get back, um, Jeff Green, there was an issue because of the heart ailment that, that ultimately sidelined Jeff Green for the remainder of, or the following season and ended up, the Celtics actually ended up getting a, a second, an additional second round pick from the NBA from uh, Oklahoma City because Oklahoma City didn't disclose all of their records. Now a team you know, some argue, well, the Celtics should have, you know, maybe they didn't disclose everything. A team that went through that process five years ago with the same exact leadership in place, they don't make that mistake twice. One that or, wants or I no say, they surprises. Know What's that? They don't want any surprises. They wouldn't exactly. take that chance. They can't take it at this point, right? No, no absolutely no. not. And There's real no way that they made a mistake. Not a chance in hell. All right, listen, we're going to go take a quick break. And first, I'm going to tell you about FanDuel. But before I do, let's just set the table. When we come back, you know I got an axe to grind with Ray Allen. So we're going to hit that. <laughs> and then also, I wanted to ask you, John, and we'll we'll do it coming out of the break. But which pick is more valuable? Right? That's my question. Is the Lakers pick more valuable? Or is that Nets pick more valuable? The Lakers pick, obviously, if it goes number one, becomes Sacramento, which should still be a very decent decent pick the following year. But I think everybody is in love with this draft. So we'll set the table that way. But now I am going to tell you about FanDuel. Fantasy football fans, the wait is nearly over. Football is back, which means FanDuel is back with fantasy football for everyday fans. New contests begin every week. No busted seasons with something for everyone and lots of contests to choose from. Starting at just $1, you simply pick a contest, choose your team, and watch your score in real time. I had a great time last year with FanDuel. We had a listener league all set up. We're going to give you details on that very next week, but it's just a great time. Plus, with all of the comments in our chat rooms and and on Twitter and everything else, we all love to break each other's balls a little bit, and I think the listener league... It's going to be great for that. And it's CLNS Media Network wide. <clears throat> so you know we're going to have a ton of fun with that. 
I will tell you, over two and a half million players have won cash, won a cash prize playing fantasy sports on FanDuel. So sign up today. Go to FanDuel.com, click the Join Now button, and use our code CSL or CSL17. You can try FanDuel for free with no deposit required. Visit FanDuel.com to claim your free contest and play for a share of $10,000. Just sign up using promo code CSL17. That's FanDuel.com, promo code CSL17. Void where prohibited. All right, John, so right before the break, I asked you, which pick is more valuable to you? Is it the Nets pick, or is it this Lakers pick that, if it becomes number one, gets waylaid for another year, and then we get to see the pick from the Sacramento Kings? I think you've got to see the Lakers pick, actually. I think that the Nets right now, they've got a young team. They have, again, once again, they have nothing to lose in getting better. But the difference this year is the the, the Nets have a number of teams who are actively going to be trying to get Marvin Bagley and Porter and Donkic in. And that's, I think, a pressure that the Lakers don't have on their end. The Lakers, it, it, you know, they, they've lost their pick. They have, they, they similarly have no incentive to, to do well, but, but in fact, they actually have an incentive somewhat to do worse because what they need to do is they need to shed salary. So, it's kind of interesting because at this point, if I'm the Lakers, I'm trying to get worse, to be, to be, to be, try to be worse, but I need to be good enough so that I'm attractive to LeBron James coming into it. The Nets, they've added Delangelo Russell. They've, they've got uh, Damari Carroll as a, as a veteran leader and darn it, they're a spunky group. Uh, and, and finally, and they have no reason I, I like, to lose. They have no reason to lose. Think about this. The Lakers right. still have incentive to lose because it could mean that they go number one overall, and if they do, then they get their choice. So even though that that pick is likely to move on, they still have a pretty good reason to lose. The Nets have nothing to lose. That's right. And if if the Nets... The Nets' benefit is to try to get to that next step where they're back into playoff contention. They know they're going to have a good pick next year. They're going to be back in in the running. D'Angelo Russell is trying to rehabilitate a terrible image that he built in L.A. I think he's got almost – I'm not going to say it's on IT being spurned from the Celtics levels, but he has a lot left to prove to this league and to the Los Angeles Lakers. The shade thrown at him from Irvin Magic Johnson is just enormous. So he's, they've got all the reason in the world to try to get – get after it. Jeremy Lin looked, and that team looked real good when Jeremy Lin was healthy. I think Kenny Atkinson's a really good coach and, and they're trying to build and do the same things the Celtics did in 2014. Trying to build from the bottom, get some spunk, get some energy, some, some spirit and use that to try to push you over the edge. And I think it's going to work in an Eastern Conference. It's going to be a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot bad, worse than it has been. I mean, Atlanta, again, Indiana, Chicago. I mean, the Bulls the, are going to be miserable. Terrible, a terrible conference. So you, you got three teams right there. They're actively trying to be worse than the Nets. If you look at the, if you look at the West, the Lakers, okay, we got their situation, but Phoenix is trying to get better. 
You know, I just don't see that, that the Lakers are going to be in that Western Conference all that much better than they have been. And that West is so much tougher than it has been in the past. It, I mean, there's there's legitimately 12 good teams or, or 10 good teams, at the very least, that can be playoff teams. There's no way that Lakers team is going to be any good. So as long as it doesn't go number one, the Celtics, I think, are going to get that 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 Lakers pick. And then then the fun begins. Then the fun begins. <laughs> So, I mean, again, that's where I'm thinking maybe even Cleveland has, has taken a look at this deal and said, wait a second, you know, maybe that Lakers pick is more valuable. Maybe we want to make sure that we get the better of those two, or maybe the negotiations got as far as they could go, and Cleveland thought, you know, we might be able to string a little bit more out of this and figured that Celtics would have a little bit more to give, knowing, and this is really before we talk about Ray Allen, or maybe we use this to lead in to the Ray Allen conversation, but truthfully Cleveland's whole game plan on voiding this or the threat avoiding it and getting more value is the fact that how can the Celtics take a dispirited and disgruntled Isaiah Thomas back on the roster, a Jay Crowder who was already going to be unhappy because I mean, just think how can Jay Crowder and Gordon Hayward be friends? <laughs> how can they be on the same team, right? I mean, just look at Jay's reaction to all of that. And I'm not trying to create drama where it isn't, but come on. You know what I mean? If your work fires you and then calls you two weeks later and says, hey, remember that whole thing? We need you. It's all good. <laughs> come on back. Come on back. Come on back. Come, come back, back to me, baby. Come back home. Come on back, baby. Right. No, no, man. You come cheated. back to me, baby. Please, please, please come back to me. Dude, it's going to be – I and I think it is going to be bad. And the people that are saying – and here's my counterpoint. The people who are saying, oh, no, it won't be a big deal. They're all professionals. They'll handle it fine. Brad Stevens – I mean, listen, I love Brad Stevens. That is a precarious position. It is not one that the Celtics want to find themselves in come training camp by any by any stretch of the imagination. However – I don't think the odds were good that Isaiah Thomas was going to get re-signed. Regardless of the injuries, I think he probably was going to go out there. Unless the market dictated a non-max contract, then maybe. But I, I think the Celtics kind of knew that this thing might not get where they want it to. And thus getting younger another year on the deal, yada, yada. But Jay Crowder wasn't going to be happy. His defense hasn't been as good as it was three years ago. The last two seasons, it's been off and on. Those high ankle sprains set him back. Now, is he still a great 3 and D player? Is he still huge value on his contract? Can he go to Cleveland and all of a sudden, you know, be dominant again? Yeah, and he could be on the Celtics roster, but I don't think he was going to be really happy here, uh, especially because Gordon Hayward's kind of got his spot at the 3. Could they run small lineups? Could they do some things? Absolutely, and they would. But I could see the Celtics making a, a lesser trade in in that vein if Cleveland does void it. And I really don't think that the Celtics are going to be handcuffed because I think the future is is on the roster now. It's Hayward. I think they want to keep smart. I think they want to obviously keep Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. So we'll just work something else. They've still got all those picks. Other teams will see that, you know, criticisms about them not being willing to give out value like Terry Rozier hasn't been the deal breaker deal breaker that people think it is. This deal is an overpaying deal. And every time one of those trades didn't go through, all we ever heard was that Danny didn't really want to deal. They overvalued their assets. 
I can't imagine how anybody could look at this one and say that the Celtics overvalued their assets. No. No, I don't I don't think so. I think if anything, I think the argument going into it was that the Celtics are in the immediate aftermath of the deal. I think the immediate that the feeling was they over they undervalued their assets. They gave up too much to get a guy like Kyrie Irving. I think this shows that the Celtics are willing to deal in the right situation. And there were reasons why uh twenty eight year old uh Jimmy Butler was not the right expenditure of money of assets. Uh I should say of money of assets. Uh I think they did try to get Paul George, but that was cut out from underneath them. That wasn't the Celtics kind of taking them. Uh, they got taken out of that before they even were a part of it. Um, so uh, there's a lot that I think were part of those pieces, and they were willing to spend. Uh, I think the deal is still going to go through. I think it's going to happen. I think it's, there, as you said, there may be some minor picks that go through. But I think that, that the, the lesson here is that you really – it's a two-way street, and – you can't just dictate. You may have the best deal in the world. I think that's the one thing we've, especially from the Indiana deal. But that's the one thing I think you should, people should be taking from it. Just because a, a, and the GM doesn't do the deal doesn't mean that that it's, it takes two to tango. You know, uh, Kevin Pritchard screwed up his situation with the Pacers because he was unwilling to wait for Danny Ainge and others. He didn't want to keep Paul George in the conference. Well, you know, by doing that, he didn't get a Nets pick. You know, whereas Cleveland, who is a direct, <laughs> direct rival to Boston Celtics right now, direct rival, one, two in the East, depending upon the, how this, how this trade goes. And they were willing to do the deal. They actually showed some courage in this. Now they're advocating all that courage by taking the situation <laughs> and, this, look this new GM. and look at slimy and look at slimy. Oh. This new GM, right? This is the guy. This is the way he's coming onto the scene is to say, oh, hi, welcome to, hi, I'm Kobe Altman. Nice to meet you. I'm the, I'm the new GM here. Um, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to renege on my deal basically. I mean, to me, that's something that a lot of other GMs are going to take note of across this league. It's going to be harder for him to rebuild if he doesn't honor that. Ainge doesn't have the coach, the, the coaching tree or the GM tree that places like San Antonio and others have. But he has friends in other locales. He has he has his acolytes. He has you know Daryl Morey and others who who Brian McDonough. Um, he has people who know him across the league. If he gets if they renege on him and it's looked across the league in all circles, and I think the media in their reaction to this has been Celtics shouldn't give anything up. They are very minor. Not even just most. local media. There's I mean, no way that the Cleveland Cavaliers come out of this looking good, and Kobe Altman looks terrible if they come out and they try to renege and, and void this deal. So, so you're absolutely right, and it's not even just local media who says don't give more. Everybody across everybody. This is a national yeah. media thing. So all of this, you know, beating up on Celtics fans, Homer bias, and all that. This one is actually legit across the national media scene that this is a good deal for Cleveland. They should take it. They're likely going to blow up next year. Quite frankly, they should trade LeBron and try to get an asset or two for him. And, and, and they really should because they're in a tough spot. And Kevin Love, too. I mean, honestly. Uh, but yeah. it only has to be set up right. Nobody's going to take that after they went to the finals again last year. That's what makes it such a tenuous situation for them. But – you're, you're a hundred percent. There's no reason why they shouldn't do the deal, but, and there's no reason Cleveland won't look bad and Cody, Alt, uh, Kobe Altman won't look bad. But you know who looks really bad is Isaiah Thomas. And, yeah. and that's, 
this is like an unintended casualty of the situation. A man, like, again, can we just, we could do three shows, and even Steve Volpet made mm-hmm. a point of saying nobody could have ever asked for more or said that he no. should have given more than he gave to this team. And here's my thing. If this thing does get awkward, whatever Cleveland sees in the medicals, is that going to get leaked? Like what they think they're concerned mm-hmm. about? Because now the Celtics mm-hmm. can't do anything to make it right. You know, I, I, at least I don't think so. I think trying to mm-hmm. heal that relationship is going to be a lot more difficult than Isaiah Thomas trying to heal his hip and mend that. Yeah. And so yeah. with that also in mind, he goes into the next offseason with this major, major medical scrutiny surrounding his hip that is totally going to destroy his Brinks truck opportunity unless he lights on the lights the world on fire with one of these teams by the time the all-star break rolls around and to finish out the year. And even then there's going to be question marks, man. And he should have exactly. had the surgery. And I, I have a very hard time criticizing the man because I am indebted. And when I first mm-hmm. saw that trade, I barfed a lot in my mouth, not a little. Because of the pick. That's, I think you said barf. I think that was your tweet. Was it, was it was barf, 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 barf. It was a triple yes. barf because it <laughs> wasn't a little barf. barf. It was a lot of barf in my mouth. All the barf at you. I was like, yeah. I, I was, I, I was, it was space balls. I was barf. The, you know, I was. <laughs> no. It was just ridiculous, dude. And I don't. I was not happy. I'm just going to say I was Pardon. not happy. Was, I, I was and, – and and I barfed a lot. I barfed a lot. But <laughs> I think it's a really unfortunate situation for Isaiah, but he should have got the surgery. And I said the same thing about Kelly Olenek. The more he waited, I was like, you need to just get on it. I understand. Yeah. Nobody wants to have surgery. I respect that. But I maybe this trade doesn't get done if Isaiah had the surgery too. And I don't know what happened, and I don't know what kind of conversations went down behind the scenes and whatnot, but the Celtics have only so many years to make this little run with Hayward and build to where they want to go, and they want to maximize every single year. And if Isaiah had had that surgery, and that's where the real question mark comes. It's not like Cleveland didn't have this information, but where they're really kind of nitpicking it and poking holes at it is the fact that they would have felt a little bit more certainty about the rehab if he had had the surgery. But you know what? So what are the Celtics? And maybe when they make that statistical comparison between the two players, they decide that that draft pick isn't worth giving up. And even when Brad Stevens was asked just a week before this trade or maybe just days before this trade about how it was coming along and how confident they felt, you could hear him hedging. Obviously, he knew the deal was potentially in the works too, but he had to have his concerns. Absolutely. Yeah, you'd have to have your concerns about a situation like this. And and I think we all did and and though, you know, there were different phases of of confidence and and words given by Danny and 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 by Isaiah, yeah, I'm doing well, things are looking good, things are da, 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 da. at no point did we hear he's not running yet, he's not really working out, things aren't pro- progressing very well. I mean, 
they were they were very close to the vest about this, and I think the Celtics honestly were protecting Isaiah. You know, that's what's kind of sad about this is that they were really. I don't think that they were doing this for his trade value. I think they were doing this honestly to protect Isaiah and Isaiah's value in a way. Not that they want to pay more for Isaiah, but I think they they thought they'd be doing him dirty if they went ahead and you know started airing stuff in public and saying, "Well, he's not quite running yet. We're hoping we'll have a good yeah you know, that type of thing." Where there's just no way out of that. Now, of course, the horse is so far out of the barn. It's it's crazy. I just, it's as you said, it's unfortunate that that the one who probably gets hurt out of this most is Isaiah Thomas because of all he's done for the Celtics, all he's done for the city, and that's that's the ultimate shame in all of this to me is that no matter what happens with the deal. It's unfortunate that not only his 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 livelihood, his character, everything has been assassinated and, and under attack um, for the last five days, and it's just so unfortunate because of all he's done here. Um, you know, and I think the Chris Broussard stuff about saying teammates were glad he was gone. I'm mean, like, what the heck is that? You know, and kudos to Jared That's White just going after reached us, out dude. to to want to give Weiss did a great job though in, in reaching out to Evan Turner getting some good stuff uh, you know other guys pushed back um, and I, I think Isaiah should know that that this this franchise this city you me all these fans that I mean it there are heights in which the love and passion I mean my kid my friend, my kid, my kid's friends, all of them are kind of like, yeah, Kyrie's great, but man, it's so sad. I was just talking to one of them today. It's so sad to see Isaiah go, you know, I mean, there was just a connection there that doesn't happen. A lot of people love Paul Pierce. A lot of people love, you know, Larry Bird. I got my starting lineup here, Larry Bird right here. Um, you know, love those guys, that passion, but there was such a connection with, with what that guy did here. And he's the underdog. He's the underdog. There is no bigger underdog. And here's the thing. I said this on a, on a a brand new podcast, kind of a fledgling podcast that's trying to get off the ground, you know, and I'm all about helping out because we were there once and maybe we're still here. Who knows? But, but either way, um, I said on that show, I was like, you know, he embodied everything that what being a Boston or New England sports fan was 15 years ago. 15 years ago, we were losers every year, year in, year out. Tom Brady, last pick of the sixth round, blah, blah, blah. And he was all of those stories for the Celtics in a way that nobody could have ever predicted, in a way that maybe nobody else can replicate. It's one thing to be the you know, at the – it's one thing to be picked at the end of the NFL draft. It's another thing to be picked at the end of the NBA draft. When you're the last pick oh, in the yeah. NBA draft, you are not likely to make a team. And you're hoping that you can make a decent payday overseas by showcasing yourself a little bit in the early goings with the NBA. That's really how this goes down. The fact that he climbed to where he did. And so many of us are just so sick of being the Yankees now. I mean, anybody who grew up... You know, anybody who grew up like when we did, right? It's like I live in Pennsylvania yeah. now. Everybody in the world hates the Patriots the way that we used to hate the Yankees. And yet, here's this team who traded away their stars, was at the bottom of the barrel, and the man who lifted them up was reportedly 5'9", and is actually 5'6", five, 5'5". Five, five, and 
puts the team on his back and plays in ways that you could never imagine and carries them back to the top of the Eastern Conference in two and a half seasons. That is a phenomenal story. Remember that one video where he stops in the middle of Boston, gets out and goes and plays basketball with that kid at, on the hoop? Not a drive-by dunking. Noah, hey man, I'm Isaiah. Let's just play some ball, yeah. right? Like Just on a whim. He endeared himself to this region, and that's why, barf, 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 dude, I was not happy about it. Plus, I haven't been the biggest Kyrie fan, right? And I'll adjust, and I'll get on the bus if this deal gets done and whatnot. But it is a travesty what happened to Isaiah. His character should not be in question whatsoever. And, you know, I hope he does get his Brinks truck. I hope all of it works out Mm -hmm. for him. He's had an extremely tough year. And I understand it's business, right? But I am going to say... That if anybody but Ray Allen had made the point, and actually somebody did make it, <laughs> somebody did make the point before Ray Allen, Karan Butler made the point, and Karan is right. And if anybody else had made the point other than bitter Ray, oh, let me have a drink of, of, of my Ray Allen Pepsi. Oh, that's bitter. This guy is ridiculous. He just jumped on that. Like he saw Karan Butler. He's like, Oh, there's my train. Wait for me. Ran right yeah. down and just had to throw it. Listen, here's the first thing. It's not like we off, we, it's not like he took less money to go play with Cleveland. It's not like we traded him and paid him less money. No, dude, you didn't talk to anybody. At least Danny had the nuts to go up and tell Isaiah and go and talk to Crowder. At least he talked to them. You disappeared mm-hmm. without a conversation and not even just with the front office. That's fine. You want to tell me it's a business and they were businessmen and they lost the deal? That's fine. But what about your former teammates? What about the guys that seriously have right. absolutely said unequivocally, you let them down with the way you handled it? Not that you made the choice but how you handled it. And now you run around like some little baby just whining every chance you get about how you're criticized. You deserve the criticism because of who you are. And I don't, I know I've been off on this soapbox before a thousand times, but the fact that he just completely bogarted Isaiah Thomas's misery to go out and go, look at me again, look at me again. I'm so bitter. That's makes, a good point. It infuriates me. Yeah, it's that's a good point. That, you're say. right. You know, it, it is kind of like the uh, the politicians that always run behind the thoughts and prayers thing when they really don't care about it. So whatever the, the issue is at the moment, but they just want to have – they want to be an part agenda. of the wave of piling on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so you have this situation with Ray who's like, yeah, see the Celtics fans, they're on. It's like, you know what, Ray? I got to tell you, bud. Like, I, honestly, I was starting to thaw a little bit. I'm like, it's 10 years. It's time to get over it. It's time to move on. It's time for all of us to just kind of let it go. And he goes and does that again. There you go again, Ray Allen. There you go again. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. Like, honestly, dude, I get it. Like, you feel like you should be able to make a choice. And I agree that you should go to the highest bidder. 
but you didn't go to the highest bidder. You went to the low, you went to the lower bidder, who was the team who all your boys were trying to beat. And then you, and then you like are trying to sit there and say, well, they should understand. What? No, man. No, if you had went there for more money, that would have been a to talk to you. Absolutely. He, he didn't give them Pick an up opportunity. the phone. Exactly. He didn't give them an he opportunity to understand because he didn't talk to them. That's right. Ever. Even when he was on the team or afterwards, he wouldn't pick up the phone and say, hey, listen, hey, Ray, hey, hey, Paul, listen, I'm, I'm going. KG, I'm out of here. You know, I tried and yeah, I'm just, I feel like they're going to move me if I do. I think that's a, that's a, a conversation they could have had, but it didn't happen. And so now he's latched himself onto this whole situation and it's, it's just, it's crazy. Cause you know, last week, the week after we did our last show, uh, you know, they, that's when the, the Paul Pierce announcement that, that he's going to be retiring his jersey at, at the the Cavs game. I thought <laughs> that's you know, so that... insane, dude. The fact that the home opener oh. and the retirement of Paul Pierce's jersey is happening in the midst of all of this mess. I hope Paul yeah. gets his due, and and this drama doesn't wind up taking away from that night. Yeah, but it's you know, my thought was that well, you know, when they do this. By the time we're far enough down the road in February, that's enough time for everyone to kind of settle down. You know, maybe things get worked out. Maybe that's the time that, you know, the Celtics are able to come back and then dumbass Ray Allen just pouring salt in that wound, picking that scab open, opening it up. Like, yeah, let's, let's get this going again. <laughs> People want this to go away. I mean, I think, I think Celtics sure as hell want to make this go away. They want their big three back together. They're over it largely um you know and i think danny wants it gone i think paul talked about wanting it gone kg i think is still on the fence we know rondo is a different story and yet he just does it again it's just i don't understand that was a for a guy who's supposedly so savvy with the media and ran to Woj every time he could to, to kind of badmouth the celtics uh it's kind of surprising he wasn't smarter with the media on this one well, i also I'm, want to say i think it's not surprising that all this stuff that Woj is bringing from the Cavs, he doesn't get anything from the celtics anymore and i wonder if against Woj for that because of the way that he was kind of with the way that Ray was running up the back stairs to talk to Woj and give him stories. I don't know. Just a thought. But yeah, it, it definitely, seems there's something there. It, there definitely could be something there. And, you know, I just think, I, I just think the way that Ray has handled the situation is just miserable. And hmm. area 21, that's what this was, right? His whole gang finally went out. They all, they all went on TV and talked about it. Even Big Baby probably got a little big for his bridges, like acting like he was in the middle of it all. Cause that was my only thought when I watched it. I was like, baby, come on, man. KG made you cry. Was, well, he did. <laughs> yeah. He and the did. part when he was talking, he was talking smack about, about Doc and then they bring Doc on. Yeah. That was the, that was, was great. So that classic. was great. And, you know, Doc gave him another chance, too, before he fell out of the league, right? So it's just so – Big Baby uh, is another piece of work of his own. He should probably be on TV or maybe that's what he was trying to do that that evening on KG's show. But on TNT, I just feel like Ray was just waiting for an opportunity to fire a shot back. And this one was against the organization instead of his former teammates, instead of, you know, more direct. But he was just waiting on it. You know, he, he had to return fire. Yeah. Yep. 
And that's, and it was the dumbest thing he could have done. So, you know, I think it's, it's too bad, but you know, I think what we have, you kind of move past it and you, you end up with, you hope that they end up with a guy like Kevin, with Kyrie Irving and you look at, you know, the team that they have. And it's kind of interesting because, you know, a lot of talk in that, in that press conference or the whatever was, you know, the little media availability that um, we had on CLS media and, you know, he talked, Danny kept talking about one, he's 25 years old and kept talking about how he fits our timeline. And I think that's a really interesting thought as we kind of go into this, assuming this deal happens, you know, we've talked about being on two different tracks and Kyrie allows them to kind of move back closer to the younger guys, but he's still able to work on both tracks as a, as a star player. Um, there's one guy who doesn't though. I mean, and you could argue that, yeah, that really Hayward, absolutely, is, but Horford is not, and it, it does make you wonder about uh, Horford here. Um, well, it know. also sounded like that Danny was leaving the door open for another deal, so this is yes. probably a thorn in their side because whatever yes. that other potential deal may be, maybe at a small one or whatever, they still have loads of draft assets, but not loads <laughs> of salary. But there could right. be. Another deal in the works, and this one has to fall first. Who knows? You're right. Horford's not on that timeline. Hayward is, but it's almost like there are three timelines separated by three years slash four oh years God. apiece, right? And and baseball's that... reference. When will now be then? And the answer? <laughs> Would you say soon? Soon. Yeah, that's the, that's the line. <laughs> that's so oh, great. Cool. I can't believe. Oh no! What will then? Yeah, what will then be now? That's right. Soon. I can't all, believe all we've this, had... this whole week has been ludicrous speed. It's been spaceballs. It's ludicrous speed. But no, we've hit plaid. We we have literally we've just plaid. we've laid down three different spaceball references in the show. And as we it. wrap it up, I just have to say that that is that's that nobody else can claim that in the last twenty four nope. months. Nobody can claim three Spaceball references in a NBA Bring podcast. It. So, so Bring it. we dare you. We challenge you all. Come on, Larry. Work come on and sell the round table. Come and on. For, come on. For all of podcast. you kids, and for all yes. of you kids buying Kyrie Irving shoes, uh, go watch the movie because you have no idea what we're talking about. No, no, no. I'm not really ready yet to show my kids the entire movie, but we're getting close. So it's we'll it's get there. yeah, it's on the inappropriate line. There's no doubt, but it is. Yeah. All right. This broadcast <laughs> will be available on demand on the CLNS Media Mobile app, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter at CSL underscore Justin and at CSL underscore Duke. A heartfelt thank you to everybody for tuning in. And remember that you can support the show by subscribing to iTunes, subscribing to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher. We'd love it if you gave us a rating and a review because your feedback is important to the show. A quick reminder that today's show brought to you by FanDuel. They have a great deal for all of you listeners. But most importantly, you would be supporting our show and the entire CLNS Media Network. For staff writer Samuel Elias, executive producer Larry H. Russell, the founder of CLNS Media, Nick Gelso, and for my co-host John Duke, I'm Justin Poulin. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live. Celtic Stuff Live.